Life Audio. Today on Talk About That, John is self-conscious of his squeaky shoes and writes a song about dying frogs. Meanwhile, I audition for the celebrity judges on America's Got Talent and get nauseous at Dollywood. Plus a conversation about our need for control and the importance of trusting God in uncertain times. Today's episode is not sponsored by squirrels. We're just rats with fluffy tails and better PR. But first, a word from our actual sponsors. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Johnny falls in the air. It's another episode of Talk About That. It's crisp. It's uh, it's still hot. Yeah. Like I sat outside for a minute uh, and I was like, wow, it's nice. There's a breeze. And also, though, like you could still you could still get a sunburn. Yeah. I mean, we could in particular. I I risked it. I took a big risk this weekend. What'd you do? I went to Dollywood. Did you wear sunscreen? No. Wow, you you don't look any worse for the wear, or uh, not any worse than usual. I've got a big of a, a bit of a bulbous nose, and I'm always worried about because you know you don't want to be Rudolph action with the 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 tip of your nose being burned. I wonder if our list- why is the tip of your nose always getting burned? Like it's only this much farther away from the rest of your face. Yeah, is that is that not odd to anybody else? It's like wow. It's- Has anybody ever explained that in a video? Why do your cheeks and your nose get burned? And, and your forehead else is fine. You're like, what is this that is like quarter inch. Yeah, it'd be different if it's like, well, look with a nose like that. No, it's <laughs> it's not that much closer to the sun. Right. It's weird. I don't like it. The nose is not that much closer to the sun. Won't Boy, that? Come on now. Won't that preach? Yeah. So Dollywood. I wonder if our listeners who are not from the South. No, Dollywood's very popular. It's do one you of the, think like that our Wisconsinite listeners? One hundred percent. Our Canadian listeners? One hundred percent. What Dolly? about our European listeners? No, no. That's where they lose. It. They go to Euro Dolly. <laughs> is there a Euro Dolly? No. Okay. Uh, maybe there will be now, though. <laughs> I just planted the seeds We're for. We're going to get our ten percent. Okay, so. If you don't know Dollywood, like when we used to go when we were kids, John, it was kind of like the uh, Dollywood again. Okay. Because it's like, we don't want to leave the state for our vacation. Yeah. So you get the, and they had a couple of, they had a log flume. They had Blazing Fury. But we had those at home. Right. So it's like, whatever. We have Blazing, we have Blazing Fury at the house. <laughs> we grew up on a river yeah. floating in logs. So, but now Dollywood, they've added so many coasters. They're one of the best coaster parks in the country. That's a that's a strong statement. They have making. one of the fastest wooden roller coasters in the United States. I like how the asterisk wooden. I these wooden coasters. I'm not kidding. I think I don't know. I was pulling a G <laughs> on this thing. So all that said, we 
we go, oh, we're here. We, we went out, I had a show in East Tennessee. Yeah. So I took Curry with me. I was like, you know what? Let's stay in a cabin and we'll do the whole thing. And my brother had got me like a gift card, a couple of Christmases in a row for this cabin place. Yeah. And then they were going to expire. It's like so long. I don't ever get a chance to do anything like that. I was like, oh, we're going to have to use these. They're going to expire. So I was like, we cashed them in. Yeah. And we go up, we get a cabin. And then uh, the next day I was like, what do you want to do? She goes like, I don't know. And I go, what if Dollywood's open? She goes, huh. By the way. Why wouldn't it be open? Well, because it's people are back in school. So during the weekdays, sometimes these uh-huh. places only open on the weekends until it's cold weather. Okay. You know, because it's just not worth, because it's like a city. You have to have so many employees and all of them are. Yeah, but this is like a tourist capital of the South. Like, I agree. Lots of people. Come. I was, it's fool, like it was Disney a, shut I was down. a fool to think they'd be closed, John. You're right. <laughs> so, so they were open. Appreciate that. But I will say this. It was the perfect day to go. It was nice weather and there were no waits on any of the rides. It was like two minute, three minute wait. You know, wow. to get on these roller coasters, we took the first one. I was like, "Let's go get on this one first off," uh-huh. and it was some crazy sling you around. I'm immediately nauseous. Really, we, I just realized like I'm an old person now. No, like in my mind, I'm like, "Let's ride everything, awesome!" And and then you get on them and you get off of it, and you're like, "How many more of these do I?" Ha-? I started thinking, <laughs> "How many more of these do I ha- have to ride?" Well, how many do I have in me before I need to? Before your spent, wife stops respecting you. But you spent right. like 80 – well, she was getting sick too. But you spent like 80 bucks to get in the thing. Ooh, like you got to get your money's worth. you got to now. Even if you're throwing up. So we did another one. We did another one. And then there's one where it's like – we looked up at it. It was called like Eagles Fly or something. And I was like, okay. And it's one of those where your feet hang. Uh-huh. You're in the stra- You're in the thing. And just feet, like an eagle. Just like an eagle. Their feet hang. And so my mighty talons <laughs> – Extended down the dangling eagles, so you could just see them going up the thing, and then it just drops off, and it's you're, they're out of view. They're like, yeah, you hear a scream, the mighty, ah! and then they're out of view, and you're like, and Curry goes, do you want to do that? We'd ridden like three things, uh-huh. and we had to, literally we had to sit down. I go, let's sit down for a minute, and when we we're sitting, bring, bring Papa a blanket. It was. Yeah. It's like, can I get like a, something like a? I need my electrolytes. <laughs> So we're watching these people fall off the edge of a mountain uh-huh. from the Eagles coaster. And I'm like, well, we got to do it. So I was I rested. I kind of thought, well, I've got my bearings. We did that one. And it was actually okay. And uh, then we go right next to that one was one of like, well, this one looks like it's just a little cart. It's like a thing. It's like a train kind of a car thing on a rails. Regular coaster, but it looks called like Fire Engine 9. Yeah, or it something goes inside like the mountain thing. And I was like, okay, whatever. And then I noticed at the end of the ride, people are coming in reverse, though. They've, they're slowed down, but they're kind of like, it's backing up, back uh-huh. to the... And I go, this is one of those ones where you do it, and then you do it all back in reverse. Yeah. So I go, let's try it. We, we're here. We go do it. And the first part, I'm like, whoo, that was a lot. And then you stop, <sighs> and then we realize we're getting ready to slingshot back. Everything backwards. And you can't see the curves coming. Yeah. And I got, Boy, guys. I got so disoriented, John. And I felt like, you know, when you wake up, you get a little reflux. You feel the acid kind of pooling. It's like coming. You're like, something's coming. <laughs> I felt my body changing. And, and Curry's got, she's green around the gills, too. And we're both looking for a trash can. We are looking <laughs> actively. On, we're not saying the words to each other like, I got to throw up in something. But we're like looking around like, okay, that was something. I wonder if there's a receptacle anywhere that I could... <laughs> empty the contents of my so we hadn't eaten we hadn't eaten breakfast 
This was like 1030. Well, that was the reason why. No, 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 no. Okay. It's why there was nothing to throw up. Okay. So I dry heaved over a trash can. Oh, wow. For five minutes while my wife watched in horror. <laughs> I just, Johnny. And then I kind of, <gasps> like, for, for like, a, we're walking. We're walking after the trash can. And I'm still, every few steps, like, <gasps> and I couldn't, I couldn't do oh, it. Have we done 80 bucks? Oh, yeah. Nothing, nothing came out, but. Then we sat down for a few more minutes, and we were laughing about it. And I was just like, "We're just old now. We're old people. Man. Our bodies aren't used to this." But John, it was it was the reverse. You know what I'm saying? Like I couldn't see what was coming, and that's what does want that. I want it though. Sometimes and you got to live your life. You're not going to see what's coming. No, you need to. You need somebody that does know. Sometimes you think that. Mm-hmm. You saw what was coming, right? And then all of a sudden, you're just going backwards through the same stuff. I saw what was coming up, and it wasn't good. <laughs> From within, it brought what it it brought. It let me know, John, that I had nothing inside. Wow! Now that see, see, sometimes some of y'all are out here. You get go through a trial, and then you just dry heave yeah, because there was nothing inside nothing, to throw up. There's nothing good. There's been no nourishment. Oh man! But that of, that acts like if you had been nourished that. You would have been sicker. But that's how baby birds feed each other. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is the full circle. Back to the dangling eagle. Hey, do you want to be able to feed other people? Right. You need to have nourishment in you so, so that, that when you... a circumstance comes up, you can vomit <laughs> into the mouth. There's a lot of vomit talk. My I... wife, who listens, just yeah. gagged a little I bit. Po- I apologize. And I love it when she gags. She just sticks out her tongue a little bit. There's a lot of body function talk for the yeah. first part of the show. We but... don't normally. If you're new to the show. Yeah, uh, it, 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 it's this is we're usually a sixty to seventy percent vomit talk. Right. This is right. We're up, we're over our eighty percent threshold. Right. Talk now. about vomit. Yeah. Well, anyway, but all that said, Dollywood was super fun, and we had a we had a great time. But I did not get sunburned, and I was very grateful. It was a perfect day. It was eighty degrees, and yeah, you know, sunny. But good. were the leaves changing at all yet? No, and I was hoping they would be. You know, it's like it's just hot. It's just too much. You know that I've heard that it's not really. About the heat mm-hmm. and the cold as much as it's about the light that makes the leaves right. So now the days are getting shorter, so it gets less and less light. Okay. And I think it also has to do with the water intake, right? So, but um, I don't know about there'd be no way chlorophyll to know. and photosynthesis. Yeah. And I've told that story before. One of my favorite things we were at a family reunion one time, and one of our cousins who was more on the holistic side, yeah, we'll call it that, hippy dippy, and she had this water bottle yeah. that had. Green, this is like, I don't know, this is 15 years ago right. or whatever. And like, she was like, so I was like, what's in your bottle? Because back then people didn't do that, uh-huh. you know. She was like, oh, it's got chlorophyll. And this, <laughs> Laura's cousin who's a pharmacist was like, hey, does that help with your photosynthesis? Like, yeah. it was so. And then didn't you want to say, don't you mean borophyll? More I like. I, th- I probably did say it. <laughs> We're here to learn, people. And they all looked at me just like they did him in yeah. The class. Yeah. Well, Curry went to Whole Foods the other day. So that was $300. Yeah. She came out with half a bag of stuff, and in it was they sell almonds like I think individually. Yeah, they in do. There. Yeah, it's like a dollar. She a came out and she had these little sodas, and it was like grape, you know, a hint of grape, whatever. Awful, but it said she goes, "This is probiotic." I go, "Oh, okay." So now we're putting probiotics in sodas, and a lot, you know, a lot, that's to me probiotics. Whatever, it feels like junk science to me anyway. But 
But people are doing it. They drink the yogurts. And some people say, like, it doesn't matter. Probiotics only matter if they're, like, refrigerated and their actual cultures in a yogurt or something. Yeah. If it's just like, oh, it's a probiotic pill and it's been on a shelf, like, they do nothing for you. That's just that's just the science is out on What about just biotics? We got pro and anti. Well, so I look at the can closer. It was not probiotics. You know what it was? Prebiotics. Oh, come on. And I said, what is a prebiotic? So I looked it up and it said, any carbohydrate. Uh, that is uh, what it, it gave this long definition of what a pre. I was like, so any carb is a prebiotic. Come on. I was like, how much was this? She goes, this is five dollars <laughs> for a can of soda. Oh my gosh! I go and of course I tasted it. It's completely undrinkable. Well, it's not. What do but you say? But people think like, oh, but this grape soda is doing good for me because it's a prebiotic. It's in imbibable. It's unimbibable. Unimbibable. Yeah. The- I could not imbibe it. I refused to imbibe it. This grape soda will not stand. If I'd had that before riding that coaster, oh my gosh. it would have been a geyser of my own log flume. Oh, you know, epic proportions. Look, Mommy, but, the purple geyser. But what's funny is on the way up, that's when the prebiotics take that's when they take hold of your system. Right. That's when they kick in. Yeah. You gotta be that's I'm sorry. Oh my listeners, goodness. I apologize. You know, maybe you're tired of the roller coaster that we've been talking about today, so maybe just take a break and hear a word from a few of our sponsors. Okay. I wonder about the balance of prebiotics. Probiotics and an antibiotics. And antibiotic biotics. Like there was the thing that happened in the '90s where we started realizing these kids who every tiny thing a doctor's prescribing antibiotics and they're going on antibiotics, and then your body kind of builds up an yeah, immunity, yeah. right? So that is a danger. And then you have doctors that just won't prescribe antibiotics ever because of that. So they're they fall on the crazy end of that spectrum. They're like I'm afraid to. Get, you're like I get one sinus infection a year. Right. I'm on the road. I have to sing tonight. Please just give me an antibiotic shot. And they won't do it. So you just got to start shopping around. Like I'm trying to get opioids or something. You feel like a criminal. <laughs> right. But I get that. But it's like now, like you said, we have the antibiotic people, the probiotic people, and now prebiotic is thrown in the mix. I don't know what postbiotics. Yeah. Are we in a postbiotic apocalypse? Oh, my gosh. I remember a postbiotic theology when yeah. it came about. I mean, it was right. Ooh, it changed everything. I did read an article that said that mass or widespread antibiotic immunity or yeah. resistance it's not a matter of if but when okay so they are trying to stop it because cuz in super they call it superbugs they're resistant to right. antibiotics they keep they keep adapting yeah and isn't that just like our lives yeah some of y'all need to keep adapting become do, what do you feel like when there's a, a metaphor and you take and ne- what could be a negative, make it a positive. Yeah. Like in the, I was thinking the other day, oh, this is going to be embarrassing. Okay. You'll love it. Yeah. One of the first songs I wrote for the band right. was, because back then I'd write like off of our drummer, who was a youth pastor, his sermons and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so he had this thing about, you put a frog right. in a kettle of boiling water. Or you put in a, just a normal lukewarm kettle of water, it'll stay there. If you turn the water up over time. Slowly. Slowly. Stay there and boil. Yeah. It won't pay attention to the changing temperature until it's too late. It'll, it'll die. So mm-hmm. that was, I believe, preached as a negative. Probably. Like, Hey kids, Sin will put take yourself hold. in a bad place. You don't notice that this right. is changing around you. It's who you hang out with, or the environment you're in, yeah. or a habit that you start this small, and then you look up and you're a dead frog. I mean, I think that was the gist of it. You look up and you're dead. 
<laughs> one day you're going to look up and you'll be you're, dead. You'll be dead. Yeah. Yeah. But then I wrote it like as a positive thing, uh-huh. like that I was in God's process. Yeah. And that he's, a, he's over time. He's turning up the heat. Is, you know, he's refining you. Right. And that, you know. So you won't jump away. I won't. That was the line. I will not jump away. Throw with, me in the flames. Yeah. Throw me in. Which I look back. Yeah, it was. We, I wrote extreme. Yeah. But that was an extreme time. Some might say extreme days were yeah. happening right then, which is another. Which, yeah. I, by the way, I found a whole sleeve Toby Mac Extreme Days CDs. The soundtrack, right? right. Yeah, the soundtrack for the movie. Yeah. Because they're left over from our friends who were a part of the release of that. Oh, right. So you got a bunch of like. So Jeffrey had some, I think, and he used to have this office, and now they're still in here because I Posters and t shirts and CDs. We're living, we're living, we're living, we're living, living. He did that a lot. I don't think that's how it goes at all, but he's close. Yeah. Coming at you like a whirlwind. Toby Mac, man. He's still out there. You know what's funny? I did a show with him. I did a festival called Life Fest in Wisconsin. I'm up there. It's 2015. I took Curry with me because he was there, Family Force 5. And Toby Mac's still cranking out. Like he had, you know, he was the headliner of the festival. We go to the show and they're like putting live tweets on the thing. He comes out. He's wearing like the whatever, the hat and the thing. And he's got his own clothing line now, basically. The bright red Adidas shoes. I'm like, this guy. He's so cool, you know. And then so he, somehow the guy who's running, the, I'm going to put your live tweets on the big screen. Yeah. Somebody let one through and it was basically like, I can't believe this guy's 50. Oh, yeah. And I was like, first of all, it's interesting that he would let that through because it's like he's trying to dress like a little kid basically still and like pull it off. Well, Second of short, all, isn't he? he is. But it's not just that. It's like he's dressing younger than he is. Sure. And this kind of exposes that. And this kind of, I thought it was kind of refreshing. I was like, oh, he's cool with it. But I think it was literally his birthday that day. Huh. And then somebody found that out and knew that and tweeted about it. But secondly, I was just like, this guy, he looks so good. For, and now, I mean, that was eight years ago. He's yeah. he's almost 60. Jeez. And he's touring. He's running around, jumping around, yeah. living in extreme days. Days, days. <sighs> what are we doing? Uh, I mean, well, you can't even ride a roller coaster anymore. We're aging. I'll give you that. See, I am, I'm fine on roller coasters. When I wear now. red Adidas, I don't think it works. No. I wear very conservative footwear. I don't. Don't you feel weird when you buy a shoe? You're like, these shoes have too much purple in them for me. Like, you just yeah, you start making out. decisions of, like, I'm just going to go with these. I just go to my wife, like, hey. Are these going to get me laughed at? Right, I'm sure the rules have changed yet again right. since last week. So, can you please And tell you're counting me? on her to know the rules. Well, she does. Okay. I don't know how. I always ask her, like, how do you know? Are you just, like, reading a blog every night? Like, Yeah. But there, there is a set of... Does she come through every, every now and again and be like, nope, these are out, and then just throw them away? Um, like, pull shoes from underneath your bed and throw them in the trash? I think that that would probably step upon her sense of hypocrisy. Okay. Because I'm she not holds sure, on. She's a hoarder. I'm not sure a pair of shoes has ever been thrown away from oh, the Oh, okay. Sure, yeah. Honey, I'm sorry. Uh, to say this. She does give away clothes, though, because she gave some clothes to Curry before. She where she was like, hey, clothes. there's... I'm just teasing. Shoes, I'm not sure. Yeah. We... Shoes are... Man, women in shoes. Women be shopping. No, oh, I'm sorry. God. That's not... We're not going there. We didn't say that, guys. Um, I, I, I'm i I'm just like, hey. Yeah. Like, I have these white shoes now. Sure. She's like, you have to stop wearing mm-hmm. those shoes with those jeans or whatever. Like, you need shoes for, like, Sunday morning. Uh-huh. That you can wear, like, your button-up... Like, I have those short sleeve button-up shirts, or you have... Like, you just need some shoes that look like that they came from this century. Oh. Something like that. I was like, oh. I mean, I'm still a child of the 90s, you know. So I have these white shoes. 
and they look fine. You wore some white shoes when we did our photo shoot the other day for the pie, and I thought those are cool. Yeah, I like them, but they squeak. Oh right! Like they're so squeaky, like a dog toy, or just like- yes. It sounds like like I'm just oh, walking right. around, it's a lot. and I can't sneak up on anybody anymore. Which my highest marks were in stealth. Yeah, we you know, know what I'm saying. So we know. it's one of those. I wonder if you researched if somebody's shoes ever gave them away as they were trying to commit a crime. Yeah, maybe. That's why I never believed the whole like myth about how like there's killer clowns in the woods. I was like, there's no way. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, because they have. If there's a clown in the woods, yeah, you're gonna see him way before. You're gonna hear him clip clopping and right. He's gonna have a little. Yeah, he's gonna be like, "Hey, (laughs) speak into my lapel, (laughs) smell my flower," and then he selters you or whatever. You knew that wasn't real. Uh, You don't think? I apologize. There's any people who've been there was a whole thing. There were clowns clowns. in the woods in Mount Juliet. Really? Yeah, yeah. That was like a thing a few years ago. But was it real? Yes. What were they doing? No one knows. Smoking weed. They're not, it's probably they're some not hurting who, people. Who, I don't know. What were you doing in the woods, John? It sounds like something you I would have You seem like done. you know about it. I mean, it happened was over this when you were, was, this, when this when you were in school? Was this when you were like of age to do such a thing? No, this was a few years ago here in our town. Okay. Johnny, this is our town. I noticed that the dates of these stories lined up with dates that you were out of town. <laughs> What's What do you want to talk about today on the... Your Honor, I'd like to... Uh, move to Exhibit A. Yeah. And that is John's travel schedule. Um, I'm not out of town that much. Not like you. Mm. This guy, this hey, guy's about to be gone. A lot. Can I say this? I'm in uh, Defiance, Ohio this Saturday because this episode airs today. Sounds like week. such a nice town. It is. And there's still a few tickets available and I'd love to sell it out um, just for my pride and ego. So Ohio people, Northern Ohio people, come see me. Defiance, Ohio. But what if they defy you? I don't want to be defied. I want to be uh, obliged. Obliged. That's right. Be, it's the uh, sister city. Obliged. Obliged, Ohio. Ohio. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, please come. Uh, it's Saturday the 16th. And then I'm in Scottsville, Kentucky on the 17th. That's a free show. Scottsville. Oh. It's at some park. So it's going to be one of these things where a church hosts me. And they're like, we'll do a big outdoor event. And it'll either be like so amazing or it'll be like, man, this was hard. Because outdoor comedy can be hard. I'm really excited to do it. And I'm, you know, I'm yeah. excited the church would host me. But outdoor events sometimes can be challenging. This, they said it's like a little amphitheater area. So I'm hoping it's going to be like a hillside with people kind of in a bowl. And they're kind of all their attention is focused on me as I prefer. Right. Like a, a bowl with you as the center. In the center of the bowl. Like yeah. a scoop of chocolate chip ice cream. Ugh. I don't know. It'll be fine. So I did, uh, speaking of podcasts, though, I did Tim Hawk. I wasn't speaking of podcasts. We're doing a podcast, but I wasn't speaking about podcasts. That's the perfect segue. I did uh, Tim Hawkins' podcast last week. Yeah, I heard. And it released already. Oh, wow. Have you heard? listened to it? I have not. I didn't know it released. I didn't know it was going to happen until like a few minutes before. But he goes, is it okay if I ask you about AGT? And I go, I guess. I said, I've not talked about it on my own podcast. Yeah. And then he proceeded to ask me to share my experience about America's Got Talent audition. And I did. So we broke the story of my AGT audition on a rival podcast. And I, I want to just apologize to you. Yeah, we had this whole thing. We weren't going to talk about it. Yeah. until Because I, I wanted to make sure that I was out of the woods. of. Are like, you allowed to talk about it? I think because they didn't. What happened? Okay, here's what I'll tell our audience. I won't tell the whole story. But we, a uh, producer asked me to come on AGT. They flew me out. John went with me. Yeah, we talked about this a couple so months ago. we talked ago, about but it, yeah, but we, we didn't reveal what it we was. We flew to Pasadena together. But it for was to, for, for me to audition in front of the celebrity judges on AGT. So 
we did it and uh it went super great it couldn't have gone better i got a standing ovation and then you wait to see if they're gonna air you because once they have all the people that get like really good response from the right. crowd and the judges and i got four yeses all of that those people go into a pile and then they cast the show from those yeses right so you're not guaranteed to be on the show just because you had a good set. And Johnny did have a good set. So it was just this big waiting game for like three months of not talking about it. And now the shows have all aired. And I did not – I was told by the producer like a few weeks ago that I was not going to air. That they really loved me, but it just wasn't the right yeah, fit. Yeah, I'm really sorry. And so it was a bummer, but whatever. And at least we didn't – I didn't bomb or whatever. So, But anyway, I haven't really talked about it. I was waiting to make sure it was okay. And now I think it's okay. So, But I talked about it on another podcast instead of ours. Well, at least you picked one that was smaller than ours. Yeah. I wanted to. I wanted to kind of just. Yeah. Yeah. I figured Tim needed the help. Yeah, Tim. That guy. Yeah. If he keeps trying, I just want him to go full time this year. I've told him this oh is the year, goodness. buddy. Could you imagine? Yeah. So, did you stay with him? I stayed at his house. He's a lovely palatial Hawkins oh. Manor wow. in the Johnny W. Suite. Oh, you have your own suite. I do. Is it the same house? No, no, no. Okay, because the last one I remember, what we loaded in, that was that would have been two thousand, like I don't know. 13, 14. When did you, when were you? I was on tour with y'all because I was writing the book. Okay. Yeah. Listeners, you might not know, I wrote, I was the collaborator. We talked about you. We talked about you on, on Tim Hawk. Did you really? Yeah. We, he mentioned you because he said, what's your podcast? I told him, he was trying to give me a chance to kind of hype my own stuff. And I said, talk about that. And he was like, with John Driver, who's, who ghost wrote a Diary of a Jack Wagon. Yeah. So yeah, he, he loves you. I love him too. It was good hanging out with him and catching up. Tim is uh, has been a, a dear friend and mentor to me, and uh, he helped me get started. Basically, he's, him and his brother are the reason that I went full-time as soon as I did. I was only four years in when I went full-time comedy in 2012, and it was because of the huge like crowds they were putting me in front of, and it was leading to other bookings. And so I left my job here at the church and kind of just jumped and hoped the net would be there. And uh, so now we're this is my 11th year full-time. Jeez. Yeah. So 15 total. 15 total. So, yeah. And a lot of it is because of like people took a chance on me early on. Because uh, being four years into comedy is like you're still a baby. You're right. still finding your way. And Tim really had a lot of trust in what I was doing. And we just hit it off on the road. We both did music in our show. And so that was a big cool. But anyway, it was fun being with him and hanging out. But I, I didn't mean to break the story of the AGT thing. To our not even our audience, John, and I, Paul, I feel like that was something that I should have conferred with you on. I I feel like there's been a great gulf between us. Yes. Um, now you know a chasm. Why, if you will? No, I mean I didn't know. I mean it's fine. Um, maybe that story there will send listeners to come hear it here, Johnny. You maybe know? I gave kind of the Cliff's Notes version to our listeners because I because I kind of told the longer version of like meeting Terry Crews and yeah. I was like, this is going to, when I met Terry Crews backstage and we did our little interview, I was like, this is going to be on TV. Uh-huh. It's like you have those kind of moments where you're like, this was too funny and charming. Yeah. This is going to be on TV. So that's why it was such a surprise when they didn't air it. I was like, well, I mean, they, whatever. Who knows why they make those decisions though? You know, they're choosing like. Right. How many comedians already have uh, right. from the other cities that you're not seeing? Yeah. And like, okay, we need this. We got one guy that, cause there's another comedian that talked about church a little bit. And uh, I was like, I have a church background yeah. in my, my, my comedian, my comedy wasn't about church, but I have a church background. So I thought maybe they thought, well, we've already checked the box of a church guy. Right. 
And so then you're kind of... Which Simon seemed to love that. He did. And, about and, you. I don't know. Who knows? I mean, guys, I can say this because I was there. Okay. It was an interesting... Because my perspective is probably different even than yours. Yeah. More accurate, some might say. Um, but, I mean, it was an interesting three days. Yeah. You know? And it was cold. It was cold. It was cold outside and inside. They keep Johnny in a studio. Yeah. In that green room, the area const- constructed this pipe and drape area of the warehouse that they film in and they keep it 60 degrees yeah because they want you to stay alert because they know people shooting like, the whole time you're shooting B-roll. around you yeah. and so they don't want you in the background of somebody else's interview dozing off which is what i was doing because so you're I was just in, shivering they'd make me they were like hey can you sit over here yeah you know i was like no yeah. no i did it but because i don't want to embarrass johnny i will say this like talking about my experience i am wary of them thinking like if I say anything like, well, they keep it cold. I don't want anybody to think like, because yeah, if great. they asked me to ever do it again, you like I would do it again. Yeah. I enjoyed it. And they were really cool people to me. And they were really upfront with me. Hey, we can't promise you this sure. is what it is. Lawyers pull you aside. Even when you got four yeses, like I was like, or when I got four yeses, they were like, this is what to expect. Doesn't mean what, you know, this is, this is great news. And also, boom, they hand you the, you're going to get a big document to sign and it's going to have all the waivers and all the NDAs and all that, you know, and they didn't. They didn't say like, you know, you're going to be. A, they didn't say any of that. No. You're going to be a star now. Like, so I knew going in, this is out of my control. That's part of what bugged me about it. Yeah, is like it was stressful. I had such control over my career. Yeah, the for this 15 years, and then you kind of go, here's all my jokes. Go get them approved, and then like, I hope Howie Mandel doesn't give me a thumbs down in right. front of you know, millions of people. Yeah, and then when it went well, I was like, I think we're okay here this could be something it so. went well enough that they shot a post with you they shot a little post because uh, we went outside yeah and they shot a thing where we kind of made a, a side uh, inside joke based on something in my interview yeah and i was like oh well they're shooting b-roll with me after the fact yeah. so this is a good sign and it just that's just reality tv they shoot a bunch of footage that they don't use they shoot yeah. a bunch of footage and then they have to choose between these there was 200 uh contestants for that season and they can only air probably 40 of those, possibly. I mean, maybe even less than that. And what's crazy is the number that they start with. Remember yeah. that? Oh, yeah. It's no, no, no. 70,000 oh, 70, people. So 70,000 to 200. Show. Yeah. And then, and I was a last minute addition through like a producer that goes and finds you online. And I think above all, that probably was the biggest thing. I think some things were in motion. Yeah. I mean, I'm not just saying this because you're my best friend and I was there. I'm like, you really did do amazingly well. Yeah. Um, Who knows? Well, I mean, I talked to, I said, I said there was things they go. Would you do anything different? I go. Well, I held back on a lot of my story because I didn't want to get. Pit- I've watched the show enough to know, like, hey, I could go on here and be the weight loss guy. Yeah. If I tell them that in my story, they're going to be like, "How did you?" You know, they're going to be the whole weight loss guy. I didn't want that. I wanted my jokes to kind of stand on their own. I didn't want to be the dead parents guy. You know. Yeah. So your parents are dead. You know. Talk about. You know. Right. So I shared a little bit about my mom and her ministry and that, you know, she never got to see me do stand up and I hope she's proud of me and all that stuff. But that was as most, the most like heartfelt stuff I got into. Most of it, I kept it pretty light. And then I was like, let's see. Cause I had heard a rumor that like Simon was over all the, you know, sob stories and he wanted like an upbeat season. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'm not going to go on and you be gave like, it upbeat for sure in the interview. Yeah. But he loved calling you. I thought it was funny. He loved calling you a preacher. Yeah, knows that not a pastor. He called yeah, him a preacher. Yeah, and then he yeah he had questions about it, and Howie was super cool to me, and uh, like he got. I mean, he I, I won't say he gushed, but he really did. Like for 
for five minutes of the critique, it was Howie talking about like it's clear you've been doing this fifteen years. Yeah. You know, you're cl- it's great to have a professional on the show, and so I thought, well, he's saying on the show, this is great, dude. I mean, you got the kudos from one of the top comedians in the yeah, world. Yeah, I mean, he's a forty like, year veteran of stand up. That, yeah. that did I mean, you know, Howie did stadiums. You know, Howie's yeah. done you know big arenas. So. All that said, it was a cool experience, and I'm glad we did it. But it was just that thing of, like, you don't have control over it, and uh, you have to just give up that control and just go, well. So I just have to trust that I'm not, I wasn't supposed to do it. I wasn't supposed to get it. Yeah. I was supposed to do it. I'm happy that we did it because it was cool affirmation that, like, all right, well, you're kind of on the right track. You know, you made Sophie Vergara laugh. You made Heidi Klum laugh. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Simon Cowell said nice things about my stand-up. That's good stuff. But just the idea of, like, all right, well, maybe I'm not supposed to be on this show yet, you know. Well, and it sucks that, that everyone has to take our word for it. Yeah, because you don't even get your footage. Like right. It's not like they go, and here's your footage to have. Yeah. You can show the clip. Like, that, those clips go into the trash can. Like, I tell a lot of untruths on the show. Yes. But I wouldn't lie about this. Right. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate that, John. No, you did really well. And it was a fun, it was a fun experience. We got to hang out in L.A. and uh... I mean, it was, it, I felt bad for how stressful it was for you at times. But... It was a lot, and... Uh, I did not know that we were going to be in that room all those hours. Yeah, we know when you call. You're I like, started right. sneaking out after a while. You did. I'd be like, you yeah. went and found coffee and lunch, and yeah. And I was like, all right, civility. I'll just stay here. Yeah. Why well, you had no choice? Um, it's fun though. No, you did good, man. It was good. Well, these are things you know. You just do. You put. You just put yourself out there, and you just uh, all those things. You hope you know. Those are the things, little step stones in your career that make a you know. But I'm glad we did it. I think being okay with, you know, and, and that's a, I shared a few episodes back, but like really not feeling the need to control your life. Mm-hmm. And it's not just a career thing. Like the giving up of daily control yeah, is such a, I think it's one of those human things you're never going to do. It's why there's a daily bread and a daily walk, um, certainly in a spiritual sense, because I find myself even this morning, just normal things in life as a dad or, or what's going on in my kid's life or my, my family life, it is really hard yeah. for me to say once again to God, like, Hey, um, and one of the things our friend, John Elmore, who was here speaking this last week, one of the things I heard him say in Dallas was like, you know, I, he says, I tell the Lord time, I make a terrible Lord yeah. of my own life. Right. And now that's a really good confession for me. Like I make a, I'm, the plans I will lay out. Yeah. You know, and sometimes look. Sometimes people are just not funny if they go on the show or whatever. Or whatever. I think we want to, we want to make something significant or meaningful out of everything. And there are times I, I think it all is meaningful, even yeah. if like there are things I didn't get in life because I wasn't ready. In your case, you were obviously ready, did great. That's why it's so surprising. Um, but there are things I've tried out for as a writer that like. It just wasn't, I wasn't the best fit or it wasn't the right time or I wasn't ready to do it. Yeah. Or like sometimes, like you said, being a terrible Lord of your life, because you, sometimes the plans we make, like you go, if I could just have this, this and this, but if you get all of that, it would either be terrible for you and, or it wouldn't really make you happy anyway. Right. You know, so I'm cool with like the idea of giving control up. I think, uh, I've just done this long enough that I go like, well, I'm busy I'm really happy with the choices I've made in my career. I've been very blessed, very lucky in spots. I hate people should be really averse to saying the word lucky, but I've been put in some positions where you just go, man, this was like, it could have gone either way. And I just trust that like, this was the right thing. And I've been very blessed compared to some other people that I know of. And so it's like, okay, I can't complain. And so, yeah, but the idea of giving control up to God is one thing. 
the, the idea of giving control to some editor or Simon Cowell yeah. or whatever, like that's a weird one. Like yeah. somebody that's making a decision on, of whether you're TV worthy and you don't even know like what their rubric is, what's their metric that they're using. So you didn't even know the rules when you went into it. You're just like, well, he might be looking for some right. thing that I don't have, but I've got, I can make these thousand people laugh and I can make these judges stand up. But it still may not be enough, and that's tough. But there may have been, yeah, there may have been some like no no thing that the is, right. that the editor always hears. No, when they say this, I never put them through, and you don't know what that is, right? And you could have said it, or I times. brought you with me. What if that, that was it? What if it was? They're like that friend. If he's going to be a part of this journey, we can't. We see a problem there. Yes. See, I always then go, does God? Do you want to get deep into theology on this? Like, okay. Okay. Does God though? How does God influence Simon Cowell to influence my career? Okay. Okay. Like, where then is the line between him allowing Simon Cowell to Like have, using King Nebuchadnezzar to blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Even though he was a wicked... But, right? but he also, I believe... Was God King Nebuchadnezzar lo- wicked? Yes, yes right? Yeah. Okay. God, so he used the wicked king to... We're still not saying Simon Cowell's wicked, by the way. So, God, uh, no, I'm not mean that. My Lord, that we're never... That's but, not what I mean. I'm just saying, like, you can use secular things. You can to, use anything, for, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but where does he give him his choice? Yes. And where does he intervene? Like the same thing if I pray for my kid. You think his heart was hardened towards me. Is that what you're I saying? Think that like, Is he Pharaoh? Like Pharaoh, it was. <laughs> and this was the first plague, you know, coldness. And okay. now there's, a, there's nine more to come. So you're saying if I if they don't somehow reverse this and put me on the show, there's going to be frogs, locusts. Yeah. Uh, it's gonna. It's okay. not, hey, it's AGT, let my Johnny go. Uh, <laughs> they, yeah. Oh, they let me go. <laughs> they let me go back home and uh, yeah. they let me go. Yeah. Man, that was a good. That was a good memory, Johnny. Don't it you was think? cool, and you know what's funny too. Talk about control, like the illusion of control. I think a lot of us realized for the first time, or at least we came to grips with it in a real way during the pandemic of like this idea that like we have control. Yeah. Over our finances and our health and our, you just realize like, man, this is, that's why it was so hard for people who are like, I'm a freedom loving, whatever, especially those people were really like, okay, you, you mean to tell me like just on a whim of whatever or a government or a, mm-hmm. uh, a, a, something that's airborne in the air, it could just take my health or it could take my freedom in some, for some people like I got to now like quarantine, I've got to isolate. It, it's hard. So yeah, I think that idea that well, I'll just go here and I'll do these things. Like when, uh, when the pandemic started, when the, the first like, you know, titters of it where you're like, Oh, is this a thing? Is it real? Is it, is it just in China? I remember thinking like, well, April's good. March is no, I have no bookings, but April's good. So we'll be fine. And then you don't realize like all those shows are going to go away and be canceled. So like that, that moment was such a freaky thing. And I don't think I've ever really fully emotionally, it changed me. It changed my wiring of how I look at my calendar. Like right now is a good month for me as far as like I'm very busy, but I'm just, I'm still living in that like until all those shows happen, I'm not, right. I'm not counting those chickens before they hatch at all. And I might have before. Yeah. I prayed that this morning because it's become, maybe it's an age thing. I think pandemic's a big deal. I talk about it all the time, volleyball or whatever, but I told the Lord this morning because it's good for me to confess like, you alone make me dwell in safety today. Yeah. Like there's not going to be another thing. And yeah. I'll tell, I'll tell Sadie that about relationships at, at school or, you know, like 
even my relationships, I have deep relationships like there is not a person, even in my marriage, which I, my, my marriage is such a, a haven for me. From the there Lord. should only be two people in your marriage, just for the. There's two people for the in my record. Marriage. It's me. And There's Lord. not even a person in my marriage that. Could, but, but I'm saying, like, I of can't the ask eight, her. Of the eight people I'm married to currently, <laughs> there's not even one of those huge group. Right. It's a big. Yeah. It's a. It's a it takes a village. Um, but it's it's a. To come to that place of there's no security. Yeah. And it, it's hard to say. It's hard to say because everyone, if you're listening, it's like, where's the comfort in that? To go, oh, by the way, everything in your life that you hold dear, mm-hmm. it's all, you know, fading. Well, that's kind of like what, isn't that what Ecclesiastes is, really? Right. Like, it's this thing of like, hey, if everything's a season and like, even if you're joyful now, mourning it's is coming. around the corner. Yeah. Everyone experiences mourning. It's coming in whatever stage you're in, and, and it's like you can't stop. We used to call it no arrivals. Like you can't stop and be like, cool, finally my career is okay. Yeah. You know, like when you do that, there's there's negative sides of that, and it might not be true. Right. Some people then are not worried, and things do work out okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, I want to be one of those people. I just don't want to worry and have things work out okay all the time. I, well, I mean, I think things are working out okay. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Things are pretty good. It's a grand scheme. Well, it was fun to look back, John, it was, at wasn't it, though? those experiences and being in L.A. with you. And, you know, look, things don't always turn out exactly how you thought, but, hey, you know what? We're in a good spot, and I, uh, I'll i see you in Defiance, Ohio, uh, oh, yeah. friends and followers. Uh, but it is fun to look back in the past. Sometimes we look at This Week in History, John. It's a segment we like to call Talk About Then. <laughs> what What happened? You have one job, John. I pushed the, they didn't hear that. I pushed the button and the, okay. the show yeah. intro started in our ears. That right was there. weird. Okay. <laughs> John, uh, let me see what else I got here. Oh, Willie Nelson, uh, this day, 1980. Do you know what happened at the White House with Willie Nelson? He smoked pot at the White House. Oh, really? Do you know this story? With uh, Reagan? No, not with the president. U.S. President Jimmy Carter, a fan of Willie Nelson, invited the country singer to perform on the South Lawn of the White House. Uh, Rosalind Carter even joined, or is it Rosalind? Rosalind. Rosalind Carter joined Nelson for a duet singing Up Against the Wall, Redneck Mother. Um, that's a song? That's a Willie Nelson that's song? That's an unfortunate title. Up Against the Wall, Redneck Mother. Anyway. <laughs> Am I being punked here? Is that a real? Okay. Later that night, it sounds like a made-up Willie Nelson song. It does. He wrote up against the wall, redneck mother, and you're like, this can't be. Okay, but he did. Later that night, Nelson went on the roof at the White House where he lit up a, quote, big fat Austin torpedo, which then in parentheses says, marijuana cigarette. (laughs) And he smoked it with Carter's son. So the the president's son was like, I'll smoke with you. Uh, President Carter claimed to not have known of Nelson's after hours activities. Well, how convenient. Uh, yeah. Uh, that president Carter will never amount to anything. Oh, wait, he's <sighs> gone on to become like such a interesting, like elder statesman, elder statesman of the country and very well respected and all the work he's done for uh, the poor. Okay. Scooby-Doo, where are you? September 13th, 1969. The mystery machine gets rolling with the TV series. Scooby-Doo. Where are you? Premieres. Were you a big Scooby-Doo kid? I was. Were you? Loved it. My favorite were the celebrity, when they would animate celebrity guests like the Harlem Globetrotters and Don Knotts would come on and Phyllis Diller. And yeah. those were so fun. Like, I wish more cartoons would do that now. Like having celebrity guests that you animate and have them come in and do their voices. What a fun. Yeah. We need more the of that. The Simpsons has done that. That's true. Yeah. Uh, they need more of that. Do you remember who was the voice of Shaggy? Do you remember? I don't. Casey Kasem. 
Okay, what? You didn't know Casey Kasem was the voice of Shaggy? No. School old buddy, old pal. No. Yeah. I did not. You just, my, my I sure whole, could go for some pizza right now. My entire universe. Didn't it? Uh, well, it didn't take much, apparently. Casey's top 40. He was yeah. also. Yeah. But he doesn't sound like that at all when he was doing it. Yeah, he was also, uh, I think he was Robin on the Batman cartoons. I think he was also wow. Robin. So he did cartoon He did voiceovers. a lot of cartoon voiceovers. Um, Casey Kasem. Casey Kasem. Uh, Michelangelo's David, uh, he began work, 1501. Uh, Italian Renaissance artist Michelangelo began work on his marble sculpture of David. And uh, he completed it in 1504, three years it took. Whew. So uh, one of the most well-known yeah. sculptures. Uh, what's funny about this is in the post, there literally is a warning graphic photo. You have to click to view the photo. Wow. Because I've seen now that like some school field trips, they'll be like, Trigger warning, because it's a naked... Right. It's like, it's art, though. What do you feel about that? Like, if, would you be okay with Sadie? Like, yeah. would you have a thing of like, now, Sadie, you're going to see a sculpture, and uh, there's going to be I think, a naked man. Yeah, I think that... that it's different, right? It's, it is. It, what we do in society with that, I mean, again, we've always tried to be like, hey, the human body is not something to be... It's weird, because it's like, it's the pornification of America right. and, and our culture. By I not get letting it. them see it, you actually you're, over-sexualizing culture yeah, in strange. some ways. But there is a there is a, a level and a limit, I get it. I'm not saying, I'm not against parents who wouldn't. Yeah. Like, I understand the It's the, just strange that now it's, it. it's crossed over, and now I had to, I had to click to see the, it's like, but, I think this is my For someone not to see one of the most famous sculptures in the world, because right. I feel like, yeah. a, you know, that, that it's not pure enough, I think that's, I yeah. don't know, I'm struggling. It's odd. Uh, 1788, John, uh, September 13th, uh, this city was established as the capital of the U.S. by Congress. Do you know what that uh, city 1788? was? 1788? 1788. Uh, that's going to be Philadelphia? It's not. Okay, that's going to... Hold on. Hold on. New York. New York City? Yeah. I right. had no idea it was ever the U.S. capital. Yeah, yeah, yep. Did you know? I did. I always thought it was Philadelphia, and then it went to Johnny, Washington, D.C. You've watched Hamilton. You should know that. I guess I just... They're rapping so fast, John. <laughs> I can't keep up. Finally, John, uh, this uh, born, he was born 1813, died 1864. His death of great significance uh, because John Sedgwick, American general, he was killed in the Civil War at the Battle of Spotsylvania, hmm. which sounds like a made up. It sounds as made up as the Willie Nelson song. Yeah. I'm from Spotsylvania. It sounds like a vampire dog cartoon. <laughs> He's from Spotsylvania. But he was killed in the Civil War battle of Spotsylvania, uh, John Sedgwick. And the reason he is in this list is because his last words were, they couldn't hit an elephant at this distance. Oh, no. Gosh. Just as he was shot by a Confederate sharpshooter. Yeah. That's a shame. You know, uh, in the book I might be writing is still up in the air. There's is this, the name of the book still up in the air? The book, is it I about the Battle of Spotsylvania? I couldn't believe it that you yeah. named it. But they're they're at a battle. It's in Kentucky. Uh -huh. It's a really really foggy morning, and this sounds like a Willie Nelson song already. It, it does, doesn't it? And the Confederate general, and it was like a Union major because mm -hmm. they're they're surveying to get ready for the battle, and they can't see each other, and they each think that the other one's on their side. And they, oh, this right. is a true story, and they ride up. And they're sitting so close that, like, their knees are touching next to each other because oh, wow. so they can hear each other. Yeah. And, they're, and they're, like, saying, well, we need to make sure that, you know, we don't enter. And whatever they're saying makes sense to both of them. Yeah, okay. Because it's almost like, you know, make sure to keep our guys yeah. from this and that because it makes sense. And then 
one of the guys who's the son of someone I'm studying in Nashville Civil War history, and this guy, the Confederate, is, is a Nashville uh-huh. guy too. Um, that the the aide mm-hmm. rides up like, uh, that's the Union, and like they open fire, and the Union uh, general and the aide both die in that battle. <sighs> Because they're two inches. They're from each literally other. just out in the field with the enemy, and they didn't some know of y'all, it. Some of y'all are out here right now in the field. You're shoulder enemy. to shoulder with the enemy, and you don't even know. Come on, he's he would kill you, and if you don't, I don't know. If you don't kill him, right? How do you feel about? I know way to go, but how do you feel about? I do hear people all the time like there's this, like you know what. There, there, there's almost like a, a cursing of the devil, like a cussing of the devil. Like, yeah. you know, and I would kick the devil's A right now if I right. could, like, and I don't, I get it. Yeah. Like, I get it. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's one of those, but I don't know. I don't know if we have a ancient scriptural hermeneutic for yeah. that. For like fighting. Right. We fight principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world. So we do, we do battle. Right. Right. Huh. I think, I think Paul said maybe once like, uh, he just said the Lord rebuke you when he was when the yeah. angel. I think he was quoting maybe Michael fighting Lucifer. Like, ooh, I got deep in there for a minute. But you like, did. but the sense of there's a lot of preaching. Yeah, in our world today, that's like there's points being scored against right. the devil. You got to take that devil today. And you right. got to put him in a stranglehold. You know, like it's a real. And I'm like that. There's I, what's weird is is normally I'm not that. Guy, well, and like, and how you put the devil in a stranglehold? You do the right thing, right? You flee. Some, you're supposed to flee. It's a lot of times you're supposed to it. run from things. You know, I'm supposed to always like. There's a time to stand and fight. There's a time to flee. Yeah. But now we have this like. If you have a warrior culture and all you ever promote is like, I'm going to go fight. But I believe in fighting. I believe the armor of gods. I've seen you fight, John, and I don't think you do. <laughs> <laughs> John, if you think that you could beat the devil, John, you can't beat. Uh, yeah. Before we go, John, I just want to say that I was in Branson, Missouri this weekend uh, with my friend Ted Cunningham. Mm-hmm. He is a marriage speaker. Yeah. And he has written a book uh, that I wanted to uh, talk about. It's a marriage book called Greater Joy Together. I know we promote your books a lot. But wow. I, I told him that I would talk about this book because it's great. It's a 52-week marriage devotional. Nice. And so it's super cool and readable. And he's very funny. Like, Ted's amazing. And... Uh, I just wanted to promote this book because it's like the first week of Amazon sales. It's a big deal, as you know, yeah. to get oh, yeah. the big first week up. So go buy this book. Please. Ted's great. And he didn't pay me to say this because I asked him. He wouldn't. He, you should tell him the title in case you're just listening. Greater Joy Together with TWO. Yeah. Greater Joy Together, a 52-week marriage. By Ted Cunningham. Ted Cunningham. So look up Ted Cunningham on Amazon. And uh, he's great. Pastors of Church in Branson. They had me at their event uh, this past weekend. Gosh, they're such great people. They did a 70s. It was a 70s night theme. Everybody dressed in these like loud flower power dresses and polyester skirts and stuff. And then they did like, so there's such an entertainment culture in Branson, John. They did like skits and stuff of like Johnny Carson. A guy came out in a Johnny Carson wig and a thing and did like a monologue. Wow. And then Steve Martin came out and it was the same guy. It was a clo- costume change. Wow. He's Steve Martin now and did Steve Martin's, eh, I'm a wild and crazy guy. They did a Kel Burnett sketch. Wow. It was amazing. I was like, yeah. this is hard to follow. Yeah. It was really cool. But so they did like 70s television as a part of their comedy night. So it's a great idea for churches to do, man. Yeah. I love coming to do couples events and date night events at churches, by the way. So if you're interested in something like that, just go to my website, send me an invite. I love doing them. 
Yeah, johnnyw.com. Don't try to show me up by doing funnier things before I come out. Yeah, he hates that. Ted, why would you do that He'll talk about it like he likes it, and then later on, he just cusses it like the devil. I do. I put Ted Cunningham in a headlock. But then I bought his book, so we're even. Yeah. Everything's square. That's good. Okay. That's good. Uh, You should also check out our website of our podcast. Talkaboutthatpodcast.com. Over 782 archived episodes. Is that not? I think it's like 776. Yes. But who's counting, really? Check it out uh, and follow along. And uh, You can also watch us there. Watch us there, yeah. and you can click a link there to uh, support the show if you'd like to. Get mm-hmm. ad-free content that way. Getting some new – hey, we got a, a couple new uh, patri- patrons. Oh, that's <laughs> patrons. nice. Patrons. <laughs> we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> patrons, hey, thank you so much for supporting the show. It means yes. a lot to us. Yeah. It does mean a lot. And uh, we usually send free gifts to our patrons. We'll be doing that. Yeah. We'll be, those will be uh, on gingerly on their gingerly. way. Gingerly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, do that. And uh, also, go to johndriver.com or amazon.com. Just search John Search John Driver's name. Mm. com is where you find me, J-O-N-N-I-E-W.com. New tour dates going up every week. I just added another cruise for January. I'm doing wow. a cruise with Zach Williams. Wow. Uh, the uh, CCM artist and country artist. And uh, we're going to be sailing the seas with Zach. Come on. So come hang out. We need to talk about that cruise. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, I think it would be like a... It's like a... Like a dinghy. It's like a, it's like a day cruise. <laughs> it's like the one, the three-hour tour that Gilligan's Island was on. It's, like it's, it's the, the booze cruise from the office. It is. Like, it's, yeah. the, it's the booze cruise. But listen, mocktails maybe. We'll keep it. Come on. We'll keep it uh, kid friendly. Yeah. Well, you're guys- Shirley, Shirley Temple. <laughs> yeah. Guys, thank you so much for the time you give us every week, and uh, we'll do it next week on Talk About That. Considered yourself a messenger? Whether it's mics like this, bookshelves around the world, stages to take, or art to make, or perhaps businesses to build, it's time we start testifying truth unashamedly, creatively, and in love. My name is Tamara Andress, the host of the Messenger Movement Podcast, which is designed to catalyze Christians to speak, write, build, and testify. If you're ready to turn your message into a movement and want to run with other messengers doing the thing at scale globally, Search and follow the Messenger Movement podcast on your favorite podcast platform today or lifeaudio.com.